the Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network presents Worldview Media Podcast, where Gordon and Joyce Runyon view popular media through the lens of the biblical five-point covenant model to help believers appreciate and apply principles of exciting narrative and engaging storytelling. Hey. Hey. Here we are. (laughs) Thanks for downloading this exciting episode of the Worldview Media Podcast. Coming to you live from a randomly generated dungeon underneath Castle Greyhawk. Ah, I didn't know we were there, man. (laughs) (laughs) It's me and my lovely wife, Joyce. Hello. Hello. (laughs) And we thought we'd take this episode to talk a little bit about a different kind of media, a little different kind of entertainment media. I want to talk for a little bit about uh, games, board games, and other such things. Ah, Like Boggle? (laughs) Well, like Boggle, yeah. And... uh, Scrabble? Yeah, I thought maybe we'd talk about (laughs) games and kind of useful lessons that certain games may teach us and stuff. And uh, So you mentioned two of your favorites. You like Boggle and Scrabble, right? I do. What do you like about Boggle and Scrabble? Well, they're word games. (laughs) So I've just always enjoyed spelling and word games, so... Okay, spelling and word games. There's not a heck of a lot of strategy to them. Well, I guess maybe there's more with Scrabble. Scrabble. Yeah. Because you can <clears throat> kind of stockpile some letters. Got to keep your eye on the board. See things coming up. What can you play with this? Right. Especially Take, those difficult letters. Right. Take away <clears throat> people's opportunities and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you've always you've always been the Scrabble champion in the Runyon home. I rarely have beaten you at Scrabble. You have killed me in another game. <laughs> right, we may get that. <laughs> and and Boggle is the one where you shake up the letters and then you... They're in a grid and you just try to... Form words. Yeah, and, and they have to connect, so... The thing about that is you... Uh, the goal is you need to find words that nobody else is going to find. And well, you have to find all the words. Right. So you can cancel them out. <laughs> yes. It's not just ones nobody else can find because you don't want somebody to get this right. silly word that... We've had epic boggle <laughs> battles. Yes, we have. <laughs> that never threatened our marriage like some other games. It's <laughs> <laughs> probably true. <laughs> Okay, so those are two of your favorites. I was thinking that we here at the homestead, we also have, uh, we have played at least, I don't know if we own them, but we've played three different versions of Monopoly, no, of Clue. We probably have at least two, maybe three. Okay, so Clue, like Monopoly, if you go look at them in the stores, uh, they just keep changing versions and... Yeah, Star Wars, I don't know. Whatever the popular thing is. We probably have a Walking Dead one now, I don't know. All right, and so we, let's see, we've played regular Clue and 
we had the Simpsons clue. Yeah. And then we also have Harry Potter clue. Yes. And really the Simpsons clue game is really, there's nothing new about it except for the layout of the board and the characters. Well, I think you have, you have like the donut or the pearl necklace or, I mean, there's different. Well, yeah, all the all the features are <laughs> Simpsons oriented and mm-hmm. stuff, but the board's pretty much the same. The gameplay is yeah. the same, pretty <clears throat> standard. Harry Potter Clue though came around and did some. Uh, they revamped. And they did some crazy things, where uh, you can actually have horrible things happen to you <laughs> <laughs> while you're playing the game. Yeah. And. and uh, Secret passages can change and mm. stuff like that, and you can, you can, oh well, you can really get messed up <laughs> or mess somebody else up out in the, <laughs> right, right. In the hallways. Now, what do you like <laughs> about Clue? If you had to take it off the top of your head, it's just kind of fun. It's a it's a game of deduction. <laughs> right. Well, that's kind so, of what I was going to say that. There are really some strategies in there. Y'all get mad at me. (laughs) (laughs) Your extensive notes that you have. Yeah. I take copious notes. That's right. And and there really are... I think it's fun. You can develop strategies and try to trick people and stuff like that. And there's a lot of deception and bluffing involved. And yeah. or at least when we play, there is. I'm oh, when sure. you play, I think. <laughs> <laughs> when when I play, well, it's true. I do try to bluff and and send people down the wrong paths and stuff like that. That's for sure. But I do think. The good thing that Clue does for you, though, it does teach kids. We we had our girls playing in it with us when they were, you know, as soon as they were old enough to understand the rules. And, yeah. And we felt like we could trust them to actually show their cards <laughs> when they should and stuff. To admit things, yeah. <laughs> yeah right. But uh, I I felt like it was good strategically in terms of deductive reasoning and and things like that coming up with. Yeah. Well, I think there's some things with memory and oh, I've already asked you this question, so I'm not going to ask you that again. And right. so, you know, there's some things like that too. And having to problem solve. I know you have this one card that I've already seen, but I want to see if you have something else. I have to figure out a way to get around mm-hmm. you or whatever. So, yeah, that's pretty fun. That's always been a good time. When the kids were young, I remember Carmen one time, we went through the whole game and she neglected to show anybody one (laughs) One of her cards. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I remember that game. (laughs) (laughs) And so we made her sleep outside for like a week. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Everybody hated her. It was terrible. She was outcast for a long time. Uh, let's see, other classic games that we've played before. We've played, like, Monopoly, I guess. Yeah. Uh, do you like anything about Monopoly? Or? <sighs> For me, I really don't like Monopoly. You it's, know, it, it's an acquisition game. Yeah. And it's just, you know, you go around and around and around. Right. And eventually... 
It gets pretty long and boring. It does. For me. For me, it gets long and boring. And then, you know, right. finally you're just like, you know, let me land on the one spot where I just don't have enough money. <laughs> and I can be done. So You're wanting to suicide your, yeah. your player. And I'm ready to be finished. Now, we have a... a a Monopoly in space kind of like game. Well, it's not Monopoly, but it's the same concept, really. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and and listeners still might want to look for this. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Solar Quest. And so instead of being on the New Jersey boardwalk or whatever, you're mm -hmm. in the, solar, in the system. solar system. And, and the properties you buy are moons and planets. And then when one of your pieces gets close enough to your opponent's piece, if you want to, you can pay money and fire lasers at them mm -hmm. to try to destroy them. So it's kind of like if you imagine Monopoly where one guy's got a boardwalk in Park Place and he's just waiting to pick people off. Well, even the person who barely has any money can hope to get close enough to that player and roll a lucky dice and, and well, murder the guy. <laughs> Take him off the board. <laughs> right. So our funny story is we were playing Solar Quest and everything was going along fine. It was our first time playing it. And it was just me and you. It was just it. me and you. We mm. were without children at the time. And we thought it'd be fun, so we played it. And so it just so happened that <laughs> I got to, I got close enough to you I could fire lasers. Now the only you can only kill your opponent by rolling double sixes. Yeah. And the one time that I fired my lasers, <laughs> <laughs> I rolled the double sixes and rejoiced and you were dead and and the game was over. Yeah. And you made me sleep outside for like a week. <laughs> And we so we didn't play that game for a long time. <laughs> we did not. <laughs> but then we did again. I forget what the reason was. We started playing it again, and and it was actually pretty fun and competitive. And yeah. And then well, we, I think there was more than just the two of us playing the next. Yeah, time that's probably right. We had friends over or whatever. Yeah. And so at one point we loaned it to a newlywed couple. Yes, we did. And said, "Here, this is a fun game. Play this game." And they, they shortly brought it back to us, and they said it would destroy their marriage. Yeah, we should have put the addendum with other people. Play this with other right. people. So that's Solar Quest. It was actually, it's a pretty fun game. Mm -hmm. But there's strategy involved there, too, because you have to balance the amount of money you have. And, and it's not just your piece going around, but you have to manage your fuel so mm -hmm. you can blast off of planets and... If you don't do that right, you can get stranded on a planet and you're just done. Yeah. There's nothing to be done for you. Yeah. And you can buy, purchase fuel stations and... Uh, yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, so that was, that's always been kind of fun for us as well. Where What games did you play when you were little? Do you remember? You know, I was the end of the line. Yeah, everybody was older than you. And the yeah. line was far enough removed from me that uh, I don't really think I did board games. Card games, dominoes, anything oh, no. like that. Oh no, 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 no. Wow, you had a sad, you had a sad childhood. Very sad. <laughs> and then I got married, and my husband killed me. <laughs> and uh, so it continued. <laughs> yeah, that's true. 
Well, my last ship in the Navy, we uh, we really got into playing hearts. Have you played much hearts? I think maybe we played hearts a little bit. You know, married or... Yeah. It's vague in my mind. There's some strategy involved in that, too. It's pretty pretty intense. And, and you can ruin your marriage by <laughs> passing over the queen of spades or something like that. Uh, yes. You remember that? So that's nasty as well. Uh, one of the games that I played when I was a teenager that I thought was great. You're a Star Trek nerd, so you would probably <laughs> like this game. And, and I haven't hardly seen it since then. I've I looked for it. It was great. It was called Starfleet Battles. Huh. And what you would do, every player had a spaceship from the movie or from the Star Trek series, different spaceships. Mm -hmm. You could be a Klingon or Romulan mm -hmm. or Federation or even Gorn or something mm. like that. So everybody's got their starships. And in the starship, you get like a diagram of your ship on a sheet of paper. And it's actually got blocks for each like system, like shields, warp engines, uh, phasers, whatever. Yeah. Life support. And so when you get into a battle and you start taking damage... Yeah, you roll dice to see what got damaged, and so you're marking off these boxes, and mm. and so you've only got like eight life support boxes, and so that hurts you bad if somebody gets <laughs> gets your life support. Well, how do you fix these things? Well, you can have like uh, damage control parties go and yeah. repair them, but now you're not doing anything but running away while people yeah. are coming after you and and shooting at you and stuff. But anyway, I really liked that because you could team up with people like two Federation guys against three So you could make alliances. And, yeah, and you could do all these different scenarios. One that I remember that was really enjoyable was, uh, <laughs> was I had one Federation ship, but I had a bunch of little tiny Federation ships that were all like uh, cargo carriers mm -hmm. and stuff, and they were all in a convoy. And my whole mission was to get my convoy of ships just across the board before the bad guys, my Can friend. picked you off. Yeah. And so I had to defend all these ships. And, my, and the buddy I was playing with, he had like two Klingon ships or something. And he's trying to destroy all my cargo ships. And then he got real mad because what I did right at the last, he finally destroyed my my starship. And so I, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I got all my all my transport ships in one space, which you're allowed to do, stack them on top of each other. And then when he got close enough to board them and stuff, I had started a self destruct sequence. <laughs> <laughs> and so I had like these, I had like these twelve ships that all blew up as soon as he got close to him, and it wound up wiping out his ships too. And he was real mad. He was saying, "The Federation would not do that. You don't do come." <laughs> and I'm like, "Hey, we don't want to get captive by the Klingons. That's a horrible thing." And yeah. So he made me sleep outside for a long time. <laughs> I see a trend. <laughs> Right, right. Uh, let's see, what other games did I like to play? Oh, you said you had a... I was going to share this with you. You said you had a, a horrible childhood. Not, <laughs> not really... 
I said that. <laughs> yeah, not really being able to play many, very many games and stuff. Well, here's something for you. I used to, I used to create my own games when I was a kid. It's shocking. Yeah, and and probably over half of them were solitaire games, so I didn't have to find anybody to play them with me. And, and so I had actually solitaire board games that I could play. Huh. And you actually had a sibling. <laughs> yeah, he didn't like playing games, though. <laughs> uh, he didn't like all my strategies. And all I that. wonder why. <laughs> like I say, I see a trend. <laughs> right, right. Okay, so uh, I've always felt like introducing your kids to board games and stuff, there's a lot of good lessons to learn. And, you know, I remember going through a phase when I just really freaked out if I lost a game. And, yeah. And uh, so there are character lessons to be, learned and are, to be learned, and I really feel like there's a lot of, depending on the game, there's a lot of strategic things that mm -hmm. you can Critical thinking skills, yeah, problem solving. Problem solving. Mm -hmm. Uh, seeing steps in advance and stuff. Of course, chess would be kind of the classic version of that. I was never good at chess. My dad, my dad was actually when he was trying to teach me how to play chess, and I was a real little guy. He was actually nationally ranked as a, mm. as a chess player, and he had a little bit of a cruel streak to him because he. He taught me enough to know how all the pieces move, mm -hmm. but then he didn't really teach me anything else. So any time that I played him, I'd be like checkmated in four moves or something. And... Uh, well, you know, when we got married, I would go over and spend time with your parents. <laughs> right. And he also tried to teach me chess. <laughs> Except he didn't do it completely as well. <laughs> so I'd know some things and then I'd say, oh, well, see, then I can do this and this will put you in a bad situation. And it would be, well... Actually, there's a rule. Yeah, that you would I... think you could do that, but actually, no. <laughs> yeah, see, that was my whole life. <laughs> so who had the bad child? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> I won on my solitary <laughs> So, uh... After a while, we didn't play chess, needless right, to say. Right. Let's see, any other favorite board games from your childhood strike you? I don't think so. All right, well, it's a good time for us to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to shift topics a little bit and talk about role-playing games. Ooh. All right, so back in a minute. The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts, where you will hear practical and tactical theology. Our desire is not simply that you consume our shows, but that you also live out your faith in every area of life. We can talk all day long about these things, but if we fail to put them into practice, then we fail as ambassadors of Jesus Christ, our King. Subscribe now to your favorite Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network shows, or you can subscribe to the Reconstructionist Radio Master Feed where all of the content we produce, including the audiobooks and audio articles, will pop up as soon as they are available. And don't forget to visit ReconstructionistRadio.com to volunteer as a narrator or to partner with this ministry financially. May the Holy Spirit stir you into action for Christ and His Kingdom.
All right, we're back. Worldview Media Podcast. You're? You're. No, it's not, we're not the one-stop shop. Reconstructionist Radio Network is the one-stop audio shop. Oh, you changed it. For all your dominionizing needs. Nice. Even talking about how to uh, think about entertainment media and... Here we are, mm-hmm. and so we're talking about some issues involved with game playing and and what lessons can be learned and how yeah. it's useful. Well, now you have a bunch of um, video games, right? Video games, which we didn't even talk about, right? Well, I was going to mention that just a little bit. I I have been one of those curmudgeonly, mm. gray, curmudgeonly. yeah, a gray bearded. Preacher guys who has really gotten angry at mm-hmm. younger guys, millennials, spending hours and hours playing video games. Now, when you say younger guys, we're not talking teenagers. Well, we may be. I mean, late teens, 20s, maybe even into the 30s. <clears throat> yeah. And I've been I've been one of those who have been very critical of that and saying, you know, how can you possibly be getting anything done for the kingdom if you're spending all this time? <laughs> yeah. Right. And getting then, anything done, period. <laughs> <laughs> right. And there may be some truth to that in a lot of cases. But then I remembered when I was a teenager and we didn't have the sophisticated video games but what we did have was role-playing games, mm-hmm. and and <laughs> <laughs> I hate to have to admit it, but I was a Dungeons and Dragons guy when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I feel myself going full nerd, <laughs> and it's it's really hard to come back <laughs> once you go full nerd. <laughs> I've heard that. <laughs> <laughs> And so, but then I remember, I remember spending long nights with friends playing Dungeons and Dragons and, mm-hmm. and, uh, I mean, you know, staying up till four in the morning and stuff like that. And I'm not proud of it, but that was, a, <laughs> that was, a, that, that was a stage. That was a lot of time wasted. One thing that I wanted to, one thing that I wanted to talk about though, in relation to that game specifically is that. When we were playing it, I was not converted, and and following Christ was not on my radar at all. Yeah. And what happened at one point, Dungeons & Dragons still at that time was some kind of a new phenomenon. Mm-hmm. And what happened is groups like Focus on the Family and some others uh, really came down hard on Dungeons & Dragons. Yeah, and I remember hearing a focus on the family radio program years later that dramatized. It was a you know it was a radio theater dramatization, and yeah. in it, one teenage boy got really into Dungeons and Dragons, and it wound up driving him crazy and and driving him into a cult, this and that, and just mm-hmm. really ruining him spiritually. Yeah, and. And what happened was there were Christians saying ridiculous things like playing Dungeons and Dragons will teach you how to cast magic spells mm-hmm. and it will teach you to summon demons and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And 
all that did for me when I was a kid is it made me realize that these Christians hadn't bothered to find out what the truth was and they were just making stuff up. Mm-hmm. And because honestly, to say that Dungeons and Dragons teaches kids how to cast magic spells is like saying that the board game Clue teaches people how to be CSI agents. Yeah. Or killers. Or killers. <laughs> or yeah. like Monopoly gets you ready for your real estate license or yeah. something like that. It's just, it's the same kind of error. It's just stupid. And, and so that was a real hindrance to me. And one of the things that really irritates me about evangelicalism as a whole is that there's a knee-jerk reaction yeah. where as soon as, as soon as something becomes popular in the culture mm-hmm. and it becomes the next big thing mm-hmm. or whatever, there's a certain segment of evangelicalism that almost has to react badly. Yeah. And has to suspect that there's something demonic going mm-hmm. on. You know, if everybody loves it, it must be of the devil. Yeah. Well, I think right. um, more recently that's happened with, like, the Harry Potter franchises. Yeah, Harry Potter. And, well, and before that it was Teletubbies. and Yeah. I mean, there's always something. <laughs> Smurfs. Remember when Smurfs was of the devil and... and and there were whole articles being written about why Smurfs was yeah. demonic. And and that stuff doesn't help anybody. It just makes Christians look stupid. Yeah. Uh, and it makes them look like we don't care what the truth is. You know, if you can say that about... Well, it's, it's a, something that's different. And so because it's different, it must automatically be wrong. Right. Or if it's creative in a different way, then, well, this must be wrong. And... Uh, I think that's really one of the things that we try to talk about here on this podcast is that that creativity, you know, God has given us that. And so we need to use that in the right way, in the right ways, doing the right things, glorifying him. And even even saying that, you know, I think of a lot of the Christian so-called Christian movies and, and things, and they're just they're lame. They're almost unwatchable. You know, and so it's. It's a hard thing, but there's got to be a way to get this stuff right, done. Right. Yeah, I wanted to mention Dungeons and Dragons, and one of the things that I wanted to talk about in it that I felt like can be really good if it's if a Dungeons and Dragons adventure is run properly. And for those who don't know anything about role playing games, the, what makes it different than a board game is that there's no board, mm-hmm. and instead of having a little shoe as your piece or whatever. You have a character. You actually role play a particular character, and part mm-hmm. of the fun of the game is is designing your character, and there are rules about mm-hmm. how your character is made, and and all of that, and and so in a well run adventure, and generally what that means is that some guy is sitting there in his room, just coming with up. his imagination, yeah. he's coming up with adventures for this. Uh, intrepid band of adventurers <laughs> yeah. to go on, whether it's a tunnel system underground or an abandoned castle or mm-hmm. a ghost pirate ship or something like that. There's there's something that needs to be explored or some uh, Quest. fantasy land sort yeah. of obstacle that needs to be overcome. Mm. And, and depending on how well that's done, I think you can really begin to think strategically and... And 
like one of the things that I think I learned that's a real lesson is, uh, and I learned this in Starfleet Battles as well, same lesson. Uh, if you know you've got a protracted long battle or long war ahead of you mm -hmm. that's probably going to have many battles, the temptation is to try to conserve your resources yeah. and not use more than you need to in every battle. But what I found out real quick is if you have a certain number of bullets in your gun and you try to save them and make it through the first battle with as few shots as possible, you're probably not going to make it through that first battle. You know, one of the uh, one of the rules of warfare is that you need to bring overwhelming force to yeah. the battle and you can't do that by conserving your strength. And there may be a spiritual lesson to to think of think about in that as well but yeah i just always ran into the realization that uh you can't conserve and win at the same time or you have to be willing to put everything out there in order to win that first battle and and the successive ones and there probably are spiritual lessons <laughs> and, but anyway for my uh for my money i just felt like role-playing games did a great job in terms of just putting young men in situations where there's a real foe to fight and and now you have to develop a strategy and you're in trouble if you don't do it well and mm -hmm. uh it was just i think there was some value in that just in growing the minds of young men and yeah and then a, a lot of that was confirmed then when I went into the Navy and really began to, you know, be trained in a more military-minded way about things. So I felt like it was helpful. And, uh, oh man, <laughs> I'm about to go even more full nerd. <laughs> even more. <laughs> when, I was a, when I was a little kid, I... I really liked comic books, and I was a big Marvel guy yeah. and a big superhero guy. And so I got introduced to the the concept of role-playing games and how that works through Dungeons & Dragons. Yeah. And then on my own, I created a role-playing game that was set in a superhero comic book world. Yeah. And instead of creating your own fantasy characters you create your own superhero character and and fight these comic book battles and, and stuff yeah. and well uh, i remember us doing that you made me i showed it to you yeah well yeah. you made a character for me oh wow i was a nerd that was after we were married yeah right? uh, yeah and you didn't divorce me that was all right and then uh and then later, it was only after I had spent a lot of time coming up with the rules and and it was all original and everything then I finally went to a a gaming store or something and found out there's this game called Champions that's all you <laughs> that, know that was it. superheroes and yeah and way better than the one that I had made you know <laughs> and I was like oh boy now you know color me embarrassed <laughs> but I felt like that was like I say I feel like it was helpful just in terms of strategic thinking and. Mm -hmm. exercising the imagination and stuff unlike i th i still think unlike a modern video game as fancy as it is and everything nothing is really left to the imagination no and, you're reacting to everything yeah. in there so right right
and role-playing games at least you have to it only takes place in your in your mind you know yeah well and i think that's probably one of the issues i have with some of the video games is that they're just really graphic yeah yeah and is that really necessary (laughs) Uh, i don't know so it's not necessary but it's cool yeah i guess that must be what it is i'm not cool oh and then (laughs) and then recently too and it was uh you know, Reagan and I started watching The Walking Dead together, and mm-hmm. and even before we started watching it, I had an idea in my mind for a zombie apocalypse-based yeah. board game, and I eventually put that together after we started walking, watching The Walking Dead, yeah. and and, uh, and so I've actually got like a beta test ready. Uh, version yeah. of this zombie apocalypse and we have played. survival game and yeah and i've got little i've got teenagers over that have played it and <laughs> stuff and, and enjoyed it and, and it was fun and the more research i was doing about like is it possible to get this published or you know get this put out mm-hmm. just doing a tiny bit of research i put in i happened to google uh best zombie board games and and the first thing that came up was somebody's list of the 100 top zombie apocalypse board games 100 (laughs) and as i was reading through it i was like wait a second this game does everything my game (laughs) like over and over and it's packaged and ready to go i was like well, I I might need to look at a different genre <laughs> or something. But I think that's really neat that you developed that and spent time with it and thinking about it. And I know you were a little disappointed that oh I wasted all this time, but it was a creative outlet for you. And so I yeah, I but still... you want to make money and, and you want to actually. <laughs> I'm not one of those guys that does creative things just as a form of self expression. You know, I want somebody to actually get something out of it or like it or or something so yeah that was a big bummer for me but but that's another thing kind of the whole reason i bring it up is that i really feel like that's another area that's been mostly untapped by christians explicitly hoping to use their creative talents to glorify god in this area over here as opposed Mm -hmm. to this area and yeah. And I think it takes a certain I think it takes a certain type of thinking to come up with the rules for a game, rules that will make the game actually work mm-hmm. and not slow it down and actually do what the rules should do, you know. Yeah. I think that's kind of not everybody can do that. Yeah. You, you come up with rules that bog things down and all that and, and uh so I just I'm convinced there are Christians out there who can do that and yeah. and are creative in that way. And I just go back to the the video game designer who who gave us feedback at the podcast here about the fact that he had spent a long time thinking if he was going to do anything Christian with video game design, it was going to have to be some kind of dopey version of VeggieTales or mm, something like yeah. that. But but as he listened, he realized no, I can just come up with a great story mm-hmm. and and maybe have thematic content that's that that 
communicates a biblical worldview or yeah. biblical truth of some kind doesn't even have to be explicit. And really, like Martin Luther said, you don't have to sew crosses on all your shoes if you're a Christian shoemaker. You just do a do the best job of any shoemaker around, and mm-hmm. you'll honor Christ by meeting that need. And yeah, and and so. I just encourage people to think creatively, even in that area of game playing. And well, when we were, you were talking and saying, you know, you have to have all these rules for the games to work properly and to do what they're supposed to do. It just reminds me. <laughs> There's a spiritual lesson there, yeah, isn't there it? Really yeah, there really is. You know, we live in this world, this game. It's <laughs> <laughs> been set up with rules <laughs> well there really are and laws and uh, there really are there really and are there's people yeah. that want to say oh no no we have nothing like that in this world <laughs> that's a really great insight because and, uh, we do have people that want to act like there's nothing governing yeah us and uh but everything we do <laughs> you try to play a game like that yeah and it's just not gonna you won't have a game no so that just struck me as you it's were talking the about it's that. the rules to the game that allow everybody to have fun and, and reach the goal. Yeah, and, gives and, it and, meaning. Yeah, yeah. Nice. We brought it around to something <laughs> spiritual. What? <laughs> <laughs> well played, ma'am. Well played. I think I've just blasted you off the board. <laughs> <laughs> Double sixes. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <revenge>. All right. <laughs> well, that's about us. That's about us. <laughs> uh, where's Jordan? <laughs> Hello, Jordan. <laughs> all right, that's about all for us. I told you it's hard to come back from full nerd. Apparently. <laughs> all right. We'll see y'all. God bless you. Dominion eyes. Amen. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Worldview Media Podcast. Please visit ReconstructionistRadio.com to check out the other podcasts in our network and to download our free audiobooks.